today is Dr. James Lane. He's the superintendent of public instruction in Virginia. Welcome, James. Yeah, glad to be here with you. Thank you. Welcome. So can you introduce yourself and what you're doing in Virginia and why you're here at Inacol? Yeah, well, uh, I serve as the superintendent of public instruction at the Department of Education. And we, this year, launched what we call our Virginia is for Learners initiative. Nice. <laughs> which is uh, essentially uh, our, uh, our work to show the commitment to that we have to public education in Virginia. Uh, we've, we've built that work on three pillars where uh, we are focused on uh, training our students to go deeper and uh, building capacity for deeper learning in our school districts via the profile of Virginia graduate and the five critical skills of creative thinking, critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and citizenship. Uh, the second pillar is about preparing our students for what comes next and uh, it you know, has a, a focus on work-based learning experiences and just making sure that every kid knows where they're headed after graduation. Mm. And the last pillar of our initiative is about measuring what matters. We made significant reforms to the way that we hold our schools accountable. And so the Virginia's for Learners initiative is, is partly branding so that we're making sure that there are parents and our business leaders and everyone in our community knows what we've done to enhance education in Virginia as much as our teachers, our principals, and our superintendents already know. So how does this, how did you roll this out on a statewide level? What are, what are some of the, the bigger pictures to get the, you, you mentioned all your community members, that, that you want the message out to everybody. How does, how does this work in Virginia and, and what have you done to make this work? Well, I mean, we've we followed a lot of traditional and non-traditional uh, media uh, tactics to get this done. I mean, certainly we did the big press release with the governor, and he announced the launch of the initiative, which uh, you know immediately got it out to, to many, many people. But what we really wanted to do was to build a groundswell and a grassroots effort where people were talking about it. Well, what is Virginia's for Learners? How can I find out more? And so. You know, we, we built out a website, we've, we've um, you know, communicated through social media, but some of it is about just consistent messaging from the State Department. Mm -hmm. And so now, when, you know, when we go out as a state and we present on, you know, any variety of topics and the number of things that we do as a department, we're all communicating the same message around these pillars and the work that we're doing to move our work forward. And so I think, I think the, the biggest piece of, of this is that, uh, is, is building that consistency, but it's also uh, making sure that we really believe in the things that we're trying to do. So every time we do a standards update, every time we roll out a new assessment, it has to include those five critical skills or else we're just talking about it. Right. That That's amazing. Sense. That makes sense. And I absolutely love Virginia is for learners. It's fantastic. Very, yeah, very it's, clever. It's really well neat. done. Um, so you said one of the um, like one of the elements was assessment. And so from a state perspective, what does that look like? How have you changed the assessments or the way that you measure schools? Yeah, well, I, we, we wanted to start by building capacity for more authentic and newer and in, more innovative types of assessments. And mm -hmm. so really we looked first at the places where we weren't necessarily mandated to do one thing or another. You know. Uh, ESSA essentially mandates 17 assessments. Right. The rest of them are really up to us as a state. 
And so we've built a lot of flexibility, whether it was the statewide writing assessments or some of the statewide social studies and history assessments or some of the statewide science assessments, where we're really building capacity with our districts to do performance-based assessment there. And if we can show that as a state we have this capacity, then inherently in time we can build uh, better statewide assessments mm. around that. Um, and, and so we launched what we call the, uh, the Virginia is for Learners Innovation Network, which is a networked Im improvement community of right now 26 districts. Uh, and they are essentially taking this deeper learning focus and putting it into action every day. Uh, when, we, when we launched the initiative, we weren't sure if we'd have but a handful of districts interested. Right. We set aside originally 20 seats. I said there were 26 because we had 52 of our districts apply that wanted to be a part of this wow. out of 132. We're now starting our second cohort. I think we've got up to over 70 interested. And so I just, I just have this belief that we're not going to mandate innovation from the state. Mm -hmm. Innovation happens closest to the student. And so by building this network where they're building the capacity, once we can see that all of our state is ready for it, that's when you're really going to get the big shift in assessment. The tough part is, you know, for, for those in the political world, you don't get the big credit moment where you say you did it because you're doing it because you're because it's the right thing to do, mm -hmm. not for the credit. Right. Because mm -hmm. it, it, it comes in time. Well, that's one of the things that, that I want to ask you about next is, is you've had this initiative with a cohort of districts uh, and seems to be very successful so far. How do, you, how do you think you're going to be able to sustain that over the years as leadership changes, governor changes? If you, if you have, if, for instance, if you have a new governor to come in next time and wants to do things differently, is that something that that you've thought of and how is that going to how is that plan going to continue from administration to administration because you said it's definitely a political thing also and it's not just the right thing to do um, there has to be some pol political aspects of this well yes uh, but um, if if we lead on what's best for the student and, and it really is best for our students and our teachers believe it's best for our students our principals believe it's best for our students then I don't I don't know that we have to overregulate this if, if it's actually what's best for kids if, if, if we don't have evidence behind that yet then we have to spend more time building evidence or being willing to, to move in a different direction but I, I will say when I think about how we do policy at a state level you basically have four levers right you can either do reporting where you can show some of the issues such as achievement gaps and, and build policy ar around that. Then you have guidance where you can either through professional development or coaching or, or guidelines that we put out encourage districts to move a certain way. Mm -hmm. Or we can put things in the regulatory space where essentially they become mandates. Or the final straw or step is uh, is uh, you you put things uh, in legislation and make recommendations to the general assembly and the governor. Ultimately, I don't. I actually think we have to go through each of those steps, and not and not skip steps along the way. Mm -hmm. So we have to know why we're doing it and be able to report on that. Then we have to build out guidance and, and pilots and grants and 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 guidelines. Then we should think about regulating it where it becomes a little more institutionalized. And then once it's, once it's clear that it's going to be a longstanding need for our public schools, then we look at legislating it. And so I, I think that 
I, I try to think through everything we're doing and make sure we've, we've hit each of those steps and not missed a step along the way as we're developing state policy. I think that's a great way that you just explained that. That's a I'm, wonderful explanation. I, I'm thinking how right. Maine has done stuff. Uh, we are from Maine. Mm -hmm. So in uh, Maine went through a whole string of proficiency <laughs> diploma work. Yeah. Uh, and in my opinion, they kind of skipped those first three you just yes. talked about and went right to the legislation and everybody kind of was just fumbling along like that. And w when you're saying hitting all those steps, I was like, oh, that would have been really good to do just <laughs> those things. That was great. Yeah, and, and I mean, at the same time, I, we have amazing legislators in Virginia and, and sometimes you have to do legislation first just to get the ball rolling because mm -hmm. maybe folks aren't even willing to, to, to start conversations on it. And I've seen that happen where the legislature has, you know, asked us to do a report or, or one of those other steps essentially as the first step in their in their process. And, and sometimes the, it can be a great catalyst. But ultimately, uh, e even in those areas, I've not seen long term sustainability where we didn't have moments that we went through each step of the process. Well, I, I want to thank you guys for having me. This is uh, this experience in Inacall is, is is just so special for the folks that come here to really think about innovation. You know, which I define as not just things that are newer, but that they're newer and better for kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Virginians for Learners. That's that's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to bring newer and, and better experiences to our kids. And you know, for those that aren't from Virginia, Virginians for Lovers is the slogan you've often heard that encourages folks to come visit our beautiful beaches and mountains and the history of Virginia. Virginians for Learners is hopefully to get folks to come to Virginia and stay.